Hi, everybody. I'm Julie from Iowa, and I'm a compulsive overeater in recovery and abstinence today by the grace of God only. Uh, I have released 100 pounds uh, as of, oh, um, 2009. My first day of abstinence was uh, December 10th, 2008. I was 47 years of age and about to die, really, because I had... um, uh, now that's somebody else's background noise, so make sure everybody press star one. Thank you so much. Uh, so with that, um, uh, you know, I, I had fibromyalgia, I had um, inability to wipe me on behind, you know, all, all that all that stuff. Uh, I, I was isolated from people, um, just, you know, hated myself terribly. Now where I'm at now is... Uh, uh, you know, here I am, like a little over 14 and a half years later, by the grace of God, one day at a time, one meal at a time, one trauma at a time, right? And I'm abstinent mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I sure as heck ain't perfect, boy, I'll tell you. But I try my very best, and I'm on a meeting every day. And so uh, I don't know if I have to tell you the story of, uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I'll just briefly sketch it out for you. Abusive home. And um, today I just got through reading a report that I wrote back in 1981 investigating me, investigating the disappearance and death of my older brother and how callous and how much the individual family members had abandoned and betrayed him, but not me. And um, the idea of reading that was to let go. Uh, I, I was a, at age 62, I'm able to understand a great deal more than when I read it the last time many years ago. And I think the essential sickness, right, for me as a compulsive overeater, the, 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 like getting fatty, just eating and eating and eating, is just like a symptom of like the real illness, the real disease, which is, you know, the real illness is I hate everybody, nobody's to be trusted, everybody's bad, God hates, there ain't no God, right? Uh, and I'll, I'll accept that I'm it, you know? So that's I'm more or less like trying to cut to the chase here. And so what had to happen was that in that year, 2008, the uh, walking was becoming so much, so much more painful. And uh, I just would not connect my eating and my weight to any of it. And mind you, I'd already had the gastric bypass surgery, you know, the Roux-en-Y, you know, the full thing, four years prior. I'd only lost... 30 pounds on that because the problem wasn't in the size of my stomach. The problem, I think, was in the size of my resentment. And, you know, resentments get a a bad rack, right? And, you know, I, I think it, it's like a double mind bend when religions and various, you know, some well-meaning, some well-not-meaning say, oh, you're not allowed to be angry. Oh, you shouldn't be hateful. You shouldn't feel angry. You shouldn't feel hateful. You shouldn't feel rage. See, so I was used to being good, 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 good girl. Take care of everybody else. Oh, make sure they come first. I mean, that's, I mean, I still have to fight that, that, uh, you know, impulse, right? And that I was nothing, right? So therefore, what, what that meant was I was pretending to myself that I wasn't angry, didn't feel hatred and rage over what was done to me and my, my other brothers and so forth, my parents. and So I pretended... Or I would say, you know, I really believed that I had forgiven, right? 
you know, and maybe, you know, there are, for me, there were layers and layers and layers of forgiveness, and I never gave up pursuing it. But what I found was the most healing came. Sorry about the noise, everybody. You, are, you guys are troopers to, uh, you know, uh, putting up with it. Here's the deal. When I finally gave myself permission, right, to have the full range of human emotions and not to be pretending that the things that were, I mean, just, just horrific, not even abuse, it was torture, it was mind control, it was gaslighting, it was, it was really like living in a cult, you know, where everyone was right and I was taught that I was wrong no matter what I did, thought, felt, wanted, and so on. And so, of course, that's how I learned to, to, to hate myself. So, anyway, cutting to the chase here. It was when I finally, over a period of time, gradually gave myself permission to feel the pain of what was done to me by my family and my other brother was done, was done to him. A really innocent, innocent, innocent person, my other brother. And me too, I'm not realizing. When I felt the pain, sorry about the noise, everybody, the anger, the hatred, the rage, uh, and no longer condemned myself for it, see? It didn't mean I had to stay hateful, angry, and enraged. It was when I was in denial that, these, that I had these feelings at all, these feelings existed at all, that somehow gave me permission to hold on to the unconscious resentment about it, okay? So it's like opening up a wound and letting, excuse the, the bizarre, you know, thing here, but letting the pus out. And when all the poison is out, right, then the wound has a chance to, to, to fully heal, allow God to come in with that gentle love, that power to heal me of the pain, the rage, the hate, the anger, and the self-hatred. And to recognize that my parents were evil, evil, evil people. Uh, it's still even hard for me to wrap my head around that. And it's hard for any child because we're so dependent, physically, mentally, emotionally. And then when you, when, when, when you consider that uh, if those parents then say, well, everything to the child, everything you say, well, to anyone, a partner, you know, romantic partner, everything you think and say and feel is wrong, then the dependence on, you know, the self-proclaimed correct and right person is more demented, even more uh, sick. So, so I had to learn to, number one, think for myself, separate out who I really was. Um, and what I've been learning is that I am a person who, um, <clears throat> you know, never gave it back when I was abused and treat, treated horribly. And I never learned either to stand up for myself. My, my whole thing was avoidance, 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 avoid conflict, uh, which actually increased, encouraged people, you know, who were bullies to continue. Because uh, I was always, you know, somehow we got the message that, oh, it's not ladylike to stand up for yourself. You are in nothing anyway, uh, and how dare you? And and uh, well, if so many people are wrong. Then then and, and you know, I mean, like, like I was taught that I was being grandiose and all that stuff. 
like all this mind control and gaslighting and and and, and, and teaching me to ha- hate myself. And so it was interesting because a couple of weeks ago I was saying to somebody another layer of forgiveness of my mother had occurred where I realized, you know what? I really would like it. My mother had both parents have, have passed the reward at this point, or they're whatever consequent, whatever you know. And I really felt it, like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be nice if my mom had a, a had a nice pillow and a nice warm cuddly blanket? You know, I, mean, I know this sounds funny. In, in, you know, in her grave, you know, so that she could feel comfortable. You know, and it's like that's what happens when I acknowledge my real feelings and stop pretending and stop. Um, you know, pathologizing what are normal feelings for a very abnormal situation, right? And, you know, being brought up to believe and shamed for these very, very dark negative feelings. And then part of all of this, too, was that I, there's actually a term for it, like, you know, we've all heard Skyco, but there's even a more deeper term called sin eater. And it was actually in the European culture and in some places, it still exists where poor people go into a rich people's home after they've died and they eat a piece of bread and symbolically eat that rich person's sins and then they're shunned by the community. And that poor person, because they're starving, they took a bit of bread from the, you know, uh, ceremony and the whole idea is that they're going to go to hell instead of the rich person because they ate that person's sins. It's like, wait a minute now. So... It was my estranged brother pointed that out to me. Now, what does this all have to do with compulsive eating? Uh, you know, the point is that for me, the compulsive eating food was God because my mother was so, father was so neglectful that anytime I'm pretty sure that I cried or any of us cried, uh, the only way that, that, that we could be, um, you know, I hate to use the word shut up, but, you know, the, the neglect was so extreme. Uh, emotional, physically, spiritual neglect was so extreme that th- th- they realized that, you know, they could put the bottle in their mouths and we'd, and we'd be quiet. Uh, but that didn't mean that that was love, you know. And so I think as a child, as an infant, I learned that the bottle or the food is a substitute for what I really want. Sorry about the noise, everybody. It's connection with other human beings, loving connection, positive connection, with other human beings, with myself, and with a higher power. And so I get to have that in the OA program. The 12 steps helps me because of, uh, the first step, hey, man, I'm powerless. Uh, I give up. I ain't God. I can't fix it. Step two, uh, somebody can. Somebody knows what's going on. An OA meeting, and then, and then I had to change my view of a higher power, and, and, and I have one that, that works for me now, right? loves me, and I follow his direction, loving, and so forth, troubling, uh, trusting. And so my prayer a lot of times is, hey, God, can you help me to have the attitude and the behavior that you would be proud of? Say, I'm going into a situation that's iffy, and, you know, uh, you know, even before a situation might arise with anybody, you know, I feel nervous, then I'll say that prayer. And prayer is always answered. Because I set the attention ahead of time that irregardless, I'm going to behave myself. Even if I might have to push back and stand up for myself, I'm not going to do it in an abusive, hateful, uh, you know, evil way. So anyway, getting back to the steps. The third step, I turn my will, life over. I turn everything over to God because I, I know nothing. And he has the power. Step four, I did an exhaustive step four. 
And, you know, for this, this kind of evil, this depth of evil that I came from, we're talking about intergenerational here. Uh, do nothings, bums, let's be really honest. Uh, people who didn't want to earn, you know, but yet had college educations, you know, and thought they were geniuses and smart and everybody. I got, I got that characteristic too, you know, not the uh, college ed, but the occasionally feeling smarter everybody else, and then too smart for me own good. So that's why I need the steps, higher power, and so forth. Anyway, getting back to, so step four, and I had a beautiful, beautiful, gentle, loving sponsor that I shared once a week with. It took me two years to turn over my resentment list, because it took me five years to make it, because I had pretty serious, complex PTSD. Every time I tried to write, it would take me another three, three to six weeks to be able to write again. I mean, you know, which I talk about the willingness to go through any anything, any pain, you know, any endurance, anything I'd have to endure. Oh, one time, I went in early absence. I went through terror, uh, six weeks of 24-hour-a-day terror of men, and 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 rather than pick up, refuse to pick up, I I might I might have 15 minutes off or 20 minutes off here and there where I wouldn't feel the terror, but I would pick up that phone, get on a meeting, do whatever it takes, right? So the point is that this abstinence thing for me can only be done one minute at a time a lot of times, one second at a time. Sometimes the pain is, you know, used to be, I don't even have that pain anymore now. Uh, it's a, and that's a miracle. You know, I'm starting to love myself and say, and really value what is valuable about me. You know, right now I'm homeless. I'm living in a motel. Right now, uh, the food situation, I got a couple of dollars for the next couple of days. That's about it, you know. But yet, by the grace of God, I'm abstinent. And, you know, with letting all this, uh, pardon my language, everybody, uh, crap go with the steps. And with my higher power, I have a bright future ahead of me. My vitality, physically and mentally, emotionally, I used to have, it's fantastic now. I can walk as far as I want to. I I adore being out here in this part of Iowa because it's a country like. Anyway, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that the steps work. Higher power works if I work it. The, the folks in the program have helped me so much. And so what's the point? The point is that if it's a no matter what situation where, you know, I'm not going to pick up no matter what. I'll do anything, right? You know, you know, uh, you know program-wise. Then here I am at... 14 and a half years later. And the person who 12 stepped me in in 2008, she had 22 years of accidents. I said, oh my God. You know, uh, that, that definitely means there's a long term lifestyle uh, change. And I, I always think the lower power is trying to get me to turn to the dark side, trying to get me to pick up that food again. It's a spiritual warfare for me. And, uh, oh, and, and or try to get me back to hating myself again or uh, hating other people, or, you know, uh, hating God, you know, whatever it, whatever it takes to try to turn me to the dark side. And the food is really just a symptom, you know. The food is a cover-up for the, the, the poison. Thank you. Uh-oh. Oh, oh um, sorry, everybody. Uh, well, it's, 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 a, it's a cover-up for the poison underneath, which is that spiritual sickness, which then leads to the emotional, mental sickness. I don't have depression anymore. I have anxiety sometimes. I don't have depression anymore. I have the ability to face my fears now. I have the ability to say no and love people and me really love people. Uh, that's five minutes. Yeah, that's five minutes. Five minutes? 
Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, moderator. So I'm going to wrap it up uh, little by little here and say that what I now have in the way of gifts here is that instead of the apartment in Brooklyn with all kinds of stuff and junk that I don't use, right, uh, depressed and sleeping 18 hours a day and doing nothing with my life, or being only able to sit in the back booth, you know, because there seems to be an extra wide space back there. Uh, when I had the app started with the accidents, I started to make friends with people, you know, back there, and, and I'm learning how to uh, relate with people socially and, and question myself. I always question myself. You know, I was, I was taught to question my behavior and attitudes about the wrong things and about the things that that I should have been questioning my, my behavior and attitudes about, not in a harsh way, but just in, in, you know, in a plain, honest way, you know, caring way, right? Gentle way. I, you know, things that I believed were like as gospel, you know, somehow. And so those micro thoughts, not even thoughts, these micro thoughts that passed through my head that I had believed were absolutely true. It's like, wait a minute, those are the things that need to be questioned, you know? And this idea of being over generous you know, that's why I needed to be sick, because I didn't know how to say no. And part of my sickness was was the overeating and, and being overweight. So uh, let me leave you with this thought, because I know time goes quickly. Here's my phone number. Generally, I'm not, at this point, really able to, to much call back, but I'll leave my number anyhow. I'm in Central Time. I'm Julie from Iowa. The number is 718-290-3660, And as a topic for tonight, I could talk all night. Uh-huh. Can't shut me up. What can I say? You know, higher power. I hope, I hope this helps somebody. Uh, the topic for tonight is, uh, what, what are you going to choose tonight? What are you going to choose today? You know, abstinence and a new life or back to the old, uh, you know, crop? Uh, and thank you so much for letting me share. I pass.